This is the Airport Experience News Podcast, and my name is Ramon Lowe, and I am the host of the pod. Well, I'm recording this when we are just a few weeks away from the industry event of the year. And of course, I'm talking about the Airport Experience Conference, which runs March 1st to the 4th and is going to take place at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center in Denver, Colorado. Now, if you do business in this industry or if you want to do business in this industry, then you know what? You can't afford to not be at this show where you're going to be networking and connecting with decision makers in this industry. Register now at conference.airportxnews.com. So this is episode 91, and here I chat with Ty Manigold, the co-founder and president of Rome Fitness. As you all have been loyally listening to our episodes, you'll know that this is the third in my series in really looking at very unique services in airports. I uh, want to hear about not just the concepts of cells, but the stories that went into conceiving the service and, of course, the challenges that they're encountering and bringing that same service into other airports. I uh, met Ty uh, several years ago at our conference in New Orleans, and he told me about the concept behind Rome. And <laughs> I got to admit, I was a bit skeptical, but you know what? The more I read and saw that, and as all of you have probably read and seen as well, about you know folks really wanting to get in some cardio, uh, do a little lifting, and even get a, a session of yoga in um, during the course of their day, I figured, why not do it in an airport? And I'm sure Ty was thinking the same thing as well. So anyway, Ty and I chat about these things and more. So here is my conversation with Ty Manigold. So I'm here with Ty Manigold, the co-founder and president of Rome Fitness. Ty, thanks for taking the time to speak with me. My pleasure, Ramon. And I know it's noon right now where I am, so I I very much thank you for uh, <laughs> for you taking the time to get up uh, out there in the Pacific Northwest to kind of chat and, and do this podcast. Absolutely. Um, my pleasure. It's uh doesn't matter when you get up here in Seattle, it's always raining, so uh, you know, it works out well. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to tell you then just how sunny it is down here in South Florida, <laughs> but I'll go to the next question. Um, so uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on, and actually this started from a conversation that you and I had, and that is really focus on uh, non-food, non-retail type services and concepts in airports. And I think in many conversations, at least the ones that I have in terms of those types of services, spas normally come up, you know, things like that. And I really wanted to focus on things that are just beyond, not just spas, but are just a little different. Uh, I interviewed Jordan uh, Walbridge from Gameway, um, Julie Melnick from Sky Squad, and obviously now you and I are talking, and I'd love to chat about Rome Fitness. Because I, I think there's going to be, and I'm sure you agree 100%, that there is a segment of our traveling population that really wants to be engaged or at least satisfied um, in a variety of ways, not just, okay, well, I can eat or I can shop, but there's more to it correct, right? It's an experience. Absolutely. Um, we, we completely agree with that, both from a, um, a health and wellness standpoint, you know, and a healthy outlet, and that's what we're going after, but also just something different from the status quo. I mean, there's a reason all of us wait until the last minute, you know, we're looking at our watches of how late <laughs> do I, can I wait before I go to the airport? Because none of us want to be, you know, a prisoner on the other side of security. Um, sure. and, and that is what this is about. That's the new age of evolution of, of airport um, concessions. So that's great. Yeah, uh, you and I met, uh, I believe, at least two, three years ago when you guys exhibited with us in New Orleans. And I thought it was a really, really cool uh, concept at the time and, and still do uh, your location in BWI. But before we get into to all things Rome, I'd love for you to kind of share a little bit of your background and really what led you to the creation of Rome Fitness. 
Sure. So um, my background uh, personally before this was was not in airports nor in gyms, um, <laughs> albeit certainly I was an end user of both. Um, my background was in uh, nonprofit uh, program management. Um, I worked for some universities and then uh, did my MBA. And that is where uh, Rome Fitness actually came from. Um, Rome is the byproduct of my and my co-founder's graduate school program. Um, the idea came from it um, about 10, 15 years ago. I was running up and down Terminal B at Denver. I think it's about a mile and a half long. <laughs> yes, um, and I really wanted someplace to, to put my bags um, while I could do that. And I was like, why aren't there gyms and airports? And so uh, when grad school came around, that, that question was put forth and a whole bunch of people said, yeah, why aren't there? Why, that, that makes sense. Why, why shouldn't, you know, why, why doesn't that already happen? And it's funny because that's, uh, it's a similar story, I guess, to like what Jordan from Walbridge from Gameway said, you know, why aren't the uh, gaming stations uh, in airports? Because again, you have time to kill. And I guess you're probably riding, not riding, but like the, the rise in, uh, I guess, how we care for ourselves as people, right? So I think there's one step now in the, with the traveling public in terms of caring about the food that we eat, you know, gluten-free, paleo, paleo, keto, whatever it is, or even caring about how, how it's made, where it's sourced. Why not then, of course, probably the natural extension being, let me do something physical as opposed to just, you know, holistic with what I'm ingesting. Absolutely. It's all part of the same uh, rise in, or rather shift in values, right? And we can see this in the food that we want, that there's farm to table, that it's locally sourced, that people want to know information about it, and that it's healthy and, and has the nutrients that we want. And airports are doing a good job of adapting to that from, from their, i.e. the restaurants that they already have and, and bringing in healthier foods. Um, but as, as the millennial traveler is taking over as the yeah. um, individual in an airport, right? Their preference is for experiences, not so much tangible goods and health and wellness is a, is a big component of that. I mean, that's why boutique fitness has become such a big thing with soul cycles and flywheel sports and, you know, orange theory. That's, it's a massive rise and this is all part of the same shift in in our values of what we want to spend our dollar on. So I love the concept. I really do. And I'm, I'm sure when uh, you were creating this, there must have been a lot of, uh, you know, starts and stops and different iterations of Rome before you got to the Rome that we are looking at now, right? I'm sure there are great stories as always uh, of that journey. Just like any other startup, right? It's a lot of iterations, a lot of pivoting <laughs> and, and uh, adopting to new information you heard. So as I mentioned, right, this was a byproduct of our, our MBAs. And so we had almost two years to test out a lot of different theories and hypotheses in that program. We did a tremendous amount of, of market research and different variations of what Rome was like. We, at one point in time, it had kind of like the CBS Minute Clinic, right, where there was mm -hmm. a, a pharmacist in there. Um, at other points in times, it had um, uh, uh, chiropractor services or it had more of a food component to it. So this is um, all... All, I'm sorry, this is all in addition to the, um, the exercise component of... In addition to or, or heavily replacing some other areas of it um, from a square footage allocation perspective, right? We, all, we always knew that we had to fit it into a small space. So no matter what we put in, 
if we if we put more in, we had to take something else out. But but the genesis of it, the the, the key component was that it was going to be a gym of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but when we started this, we we I mean that's a good point. We had to figure out how to fit this all into a space. So we actually built ourselves a prototype. We rented a warehouse and we took a, <laughs> a, a footprint from a, a RFP for a spot that was in LAX for some reason. I don't know. We found that online and we said, how do we make this all fit? And we built ourselves like a, a stage, you know, plywood lean to wall gym and brought folks in and said, pretend you're traveling. You know, what does this look like? And, and there were, you know, we had a little lounge section in there and quickly we realized everyone was sweaty and sitting down on the stuff. And I was like, all right, that has to go. And, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, how big was that space? That was a thousand square feet. We, okay. We you're not getting a thousand was, square. <laughs> yeah. We, we knew that that was going to be like our average size or minimum size that we could make this work. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a good testing platform. It had, you know, and, and it answered some great questions of how do we lay out the bathrooms? Are they going to be, um, men and women's changing rooms or single occupant or, you know, what was that going to look like? So it was well worth the time and effort to build that thing. But, uh, it, it, it was certainly interesting and we got a lot of strange looks from, uh, getting some contractors helping us build this thing. Like what? You want what inside of a warehouse? Like, trust me, it's it, there's, it doesn't need a roof. We're going to look down on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was like, a, this is like some sort of like secret project that no one could be. I'm sure you, did you have, this is just purely fun and funny, but like, was there like a project code name? <laughs> right. Well, for years, we were trying to figure out what to call it. And we're just like, it's airport gyms. Like, I don't, we don't know what else. So it's just airport gym. Yeah. And that was on the, you know, the title of all of our, our presentations and our, our projects that we would list. And even now our Dropbox is still called just airport gym. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, we, <laughs> we, we were, the, the code name was so, uh, <laughs> so insignificant that we just went with the most basic thing we could find. So you're looking now, um, you, you obviously created like a model or something to test. And did you always see that there would be a need? I know you mentioned earlier that there, as the uh, passenger demographic changes, and it's been changing for a while now, although I think it's going to accelerate much more in the next five years. Um, did you always see ahead that there would be people that would want to take the time to work out uh, prior to a flight or maybe in between long layovers? Well, to me, it seemed like a no-brainer because I'm certainly one of our core users, right? It just I identified with this that yes, I would want this, but we had to confirm that. I mean, we went out and we surveyed five, six hundred people and and asked them, would you be interested, and and at what price point, and when would you use it? And we found that yeah, there was a there was a lot of good response from that. But I want to point out that we're not the first people to think of this. This has been tried in the past, and there showed interest then. It was just that it was it was executed improperly, meaning they went in pre-security versus post-security, or they didn't have clothing rentals, right? There were components to it that were missing, but it still showed that there was interest. Um, And and there's been a lot of interest since then. I mean, we've been open three years now, and we're still having month-over-month increases in our usage. People want to use this. Well, I remember um, the first one that I came across was in Pearson. I think that's the one that you might be, maybe you and I are talking about. And it's, mm-hmm. it is pre-security and it's pretty large. Um, and maybe it was the time that I flew in. It wasn't really being used. I think there were just uh, maybe uh, airport employees, maybe I, I, that it was open to. But I remember it being pretty significant. 
Um, but you're, you have a different challenge. You're, you're in a more confined space. And, and I saw, I remember that you guys got a lot of cool hits on social media. I think Baltimore Ravens players might've been going through there mm-hmm. or something or right. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've got a lot of football players who come in um, and we've had other celebrities. We've had uh, Macklemore stop on by and Twitch, um, who's who's on the Ellen show, stopped on in and and used it. So that that happens quite a bit. So obviously there's a there's a need. Is there then the next step of just really educating this industry uh, on not just uh, obviously you're in a niche category, right, which where I think a lot of folks have gotten almost. Uh, been tossed into or you're incorrectly like i'm not incorrectly i'm sorry um paired with others that are others like a spa or say that might just be generally health but do you think there should be a specific kind of use uh or a specific type of language that says we're looking for fitness spa i'm uh, not spa fitness uh, gym or something because it because again if there's obviously users of this and it's just it can't just be immediately by i'm sure i'm sure all over there are uh people clamoring for it so a couple points that I want to hit on. Certainly there, there's a need. We're seeing that we've confirmed it. I would tell you that once a week, if not more, we're getting an email or, or in-person message from someone saying, hey, you stole my idea. I've always wanted this, <laughs> uh, which is great to hear. Um, our challenge is educating the consumer. Um, people don't know to look for health and wellness, you know, gyms and services like this, or or a game center, or um, you know, a, a personal assistant, um, like the other individuals you've already interviewed for this. People don't know to look for those services, so that's always going to be our challenge. Um, it doesn't mean that they're not wanted or needed. Um, sure. It's just that the, the traveler is unaware that that's happening. So our challenge is educating them that we exist and then what fully our services are. From the second point that you were bringing up in terms of our classification, yeah, right now we're being looped into services or spa or, you know, and that's at best. Usually yeah. an airport isn't even opening up a bid for us to, to submit on, um, whether it's a game service or it's, mm-hmm. or it's a gym. Um, they're just, they haven't built that for it. Um, and that makes sense. I mean, it's understandable that, that they haven't uh, changed their, their search procedures around for it. But it, the problem is, is that it loops us into a category that one, we don't necessarily uh, fit within. And then two, we have to change our business model to yes. meet the terms of what they've set up for the bid. And that is really not conducive for, for us, for the airport, or for innovation in general in an airport. Um, I, think, those, I think it creates a lot, I'm sorry to cut you off, I think it yeah, creates no, a no. lot of confusion. Because if it's if there is, I'm gonna make this up, but like if there's a room with a spot, there's a room with a cafe, or and, and that might be the next iteration like you were saying of things, but like um, you at least wanna have the soul of your brand be what it is as people go from one BWI to DFW to, you know, Portland, Seattle, whatever, wherever they encounter you guys. Right. I mean, you don't yes. want to steer too way, too far away from that. Correct. You want, um, with innovation, you also want reliability, right. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, expectability. So there's a reason that you see, yeah, there's a couple mom pop um, spas around there, you know, around the country and, and globe, but mainly you're seeing a couple brands uh, kind of dominate the field. And that's for a very good reason. The customer comes up and they know 
for example, Express Spa, or they know Be Relax. They've seen that name before. They know the menu ahead of time and they don't need to waste precious time kind of deciphering what their options are or how the service works. And the same thing happens with Rome. We want individuals who know, yes, we've got clothing rental. Yes, we've got showers. Yes, we have, you know, these sorts of of um, cardio machines and, and we've got lockers that have got power cord chargers in them and all that. We want them to know that that it will be there at every place we go to, you know, they go to so that when they get off the plane, they can just say, where's the Rome? find it and and there's no questions asked and no waste of valuable time so you're still uh in many ways uh, uh, never mind the traveling public for a second in in more like an educative phase with this industry absolutely um and and um we've done a lot of research on other other innovators who've come into the airport and the spa is a great example 15, 20 years ago, um, you know, Express Spa was kind of leading that massage bar was also doing a great mm-hmm. job of that. And they had those same challenges of, of letting the consumer know that they existed, um, telling them about their services and getting them comfortable using that. Right. I think 20 mm-hmm. years ago, the average person flying through an airport would have been, would have felt a little weird getting a chair massage in the middle of a terminal. Um, now we don't think twice about it, right? Of course, that person's getting a back massage. No big deal. Um, the same thing, we're going through those same growing pains. Um, folks being comfortable with the idea of working out in a gym, um, in an airport, um, and, and knowing that we exist. Um, so, so certainly that same track, but um, doesn't mean that, that uh, it's not going to go places. It seems like it, just in your space, never mind uh, the various other diverse services out there, but I think in your space with it being Jim, um, there is, I, I guess it's just, an, maybe the, it's just the, um, of, I guess, getting folks used to the seeing a gym in a non-traditional environment. But also now I look out there and I, I this might've been on LinkedIn or, or somewhere where I read articles where um, hoteliers like, uh, I don't know, Marriott or Hilton, something like that, will have rooms specifically with a Peloton machine or that incorporate exercise uh, elements in them. So it's, I, I guess there's a, I guess if they're doing that to cater to certain travelers, uh, you know, then why not this? It, it's almost like a, just a natural, uh, a natural extension, I guess, from one type of environment to the next. It's all part of the same movement I was talking yeah. about earlier, where it's if the next generation's valuing health and wellness and fitness and and willing to spend their their discretionary and non-discretionary income on that, right? It's becoming a value. So absolutely, you've got um, Hilton's uh, Five Feet to Fitness program where they can get a view a room that's got yoga facility, you know, yoga workout equipment in it. Um, you can get rooms that have Peloton bicycles in it. Um, there's a whole brand of hotels called Even, E-V-E-N, um, that are designed around the healthy, conscious traveler. Each room is outfitted with its own little kind of workout facility in it. Um, and, and some of those hotels have clothing rentals that you can, you can opt for. So it's, um, we're just a, the same extension of that, um, that new value. So this is a very simple question. Now, how does it work? Uh, and it's more than just like the pay portion of it, right? It, it, it's more just like, um, I'm sure you have different folks who just either want to get cardio in or who want to lift a little bit or, or whatever, but just, just kind of go over the various types of users and, you know, what they would do. 
Sure. So it's, it's a varied answer. Um, I'll start with our average user is about 35 years old. It's almost a 50-50 male-female split, a little bit more men than women, but, but basically um, half and half. Um, they are predominantly traveling by themselves and for business. Um, the Right now, due to our location in Baltimore, about 70% of our users are pre-originating travelers. It's, it's folks before their first flight, and a lot now are arriving to the airport earlier than they normally would have, or they're preferencing EWI over Dulles or Reagan because our service is there. Um, but that being said, we've seen a thousand and one examples of other different types of, of customers. Um, about 90% uh, of our users are passengers, but about 10% of our, of our members our airport and airline employees and our flight crews love us. Um, you know, to them, it's this great respite between their travel. I um, mean, we love them coming on in because then they become advocates for us. Yeah. Their um, we've had to figure out how to get someone, you know, from asking that first question of, is this a gym to <laughs> on a treadmill in, you know, three minutes or less. And so that's been a lot of what our first location has taught us. How do we make a streamlined procedure where we get someone signed up just like you would in a regular gym, but to do that in, you know, in seconds and then get them their complimentary uh, Lululemon clothing and Brooks running shoes, you know, assigned to them and checked out. Um, our average stay is about 30 minutes, or sorry, uh, 45 minutes. 30 of that is, is working out, and then the other 15 is shower and changing. Um, and, you know, and, and, and then a little bit of retail shopping, um, half use the retail or the rental program. So that's great. We know that that's heavily utilized, but otherwise people are using it in very, um, in very different manners. Um, mm -hmm. no one's complaining, oh, you know, I wanted the treadmill and it's taken. I'm not going to use the gym. They're going to use the other service that's there. Uh, they're just happy that it's a very clean, um, high end premium environment. And so then they're willing to kind of use whatever they want. Most passengers are using the cardio stuff, um, and most uh, airport and airline employees are using the strength training equipment. Hmm. Um, we do have folks who just come in to use the shower, um, and then we have folks who come on in and they don't do any sort of sweat activity, right? They're just doing a yoga, uh, you know, a, a yoga session um, and some light stretching, and then they're on their way out and, and no need for a shower. So everyone's using it however they want, but the main um, or the, the same core concept of stress reduction, uh, anxiety reduction, and an escape from that airport feel um, is there. So Ty, you, all right, you told me how it works. Um, I, I assume then that some of the folks, if not all the folks that uh, man your units or, and will be manning your units in, in airports, are they certified trainers or are they going through some certification with you folks? So we do have a personal trainer program set up in Baltimore. We just launched that a couple months ago. Okay. Um, and so we're, we're very excited. It's, it's a pilot program. We really want to learn whether or not there's that much of a need or demand for it. Um, we've heard some folks ask for, for this service, but we're, we're just testing it out. So those individuals, of course, are, are certified personal trainers. Um, and that service is available when, when, they're, you know, when the trainer's on deck um, and they're, they're working the counter. Um, otherwise, our personnel, they're all trained in first aid and CPR. That's something we require them to go through. But we're traditionally looking for individuals trained in hospitality. We want folks who 
understand that a lot of our customers are going to have a lot of questions and they're going to be under a, a high stress and anxiety standpoint. And so we want folks who are skilled in, you know, being concierges at hotels or are um, used to kind of that that customers always right perspective and treating the individual with respect and honesty. We require that all of our um, our employees have college degrees um, or equivalent. Um, we are wanting professionals, ladies and gentlemen, treating ladies and gentlemen, right? And that's kind of the, the Radisson or the, um, the uh, not Radisson, the uh, uh, Ritz-Carlton slogan. And that's something that we, we align ourselves to. Um, so that that is our employee. Perfect. So related to that, um, I'm going to step back for a second. You know, I've spoken to a lot of restaurateurs and retailers in this space, and they all say the same thing. You know, the you know the labor pool is pretty shallow at the moment, and it's almost difficult finding folks to work. Uh, you know, the front lines of their units, and that's just for let's say a restaurant or even just a, a newsstand. I can imagine then there might be similar challenges for you where there is even an, an even more specific type of, uh, I guess, employee or worker that you are looking for in this category, gyms, that is even more specialized? Um, you know, interesting enough, we're not hurting for staff. Um, we, pay, <laughs> yeah, we pay our staff well above minimum wage because we're expecting, you know, this, is, this isn't just a job, this is a career. Um, and so we are are going after individuals who do have this professional experience and treat it as such as a career and we pay them as such. And we're finding that our turnover is way less in comparison to other services, other restaurants that are out there. Um, we, we give all of our employees benefits um, and, and we're really treating them as family. Um, and, and we're working with our employees. If they want to get into their own startup, we're there to mentor them and coach them. If they want to progress into a different field, we're there to, to provide those services and really work as a, a professional developer from their, their career side. And we're finding that that's been a phenomenal payoff just from lowering um, our, our, our turnover rate. The other plus side is that um, unless we're doing a personal trainer session, we only need one to two people in the facility at any point in time, regardless of how many users are in there, right? Sure. Our, our spot in BWI can hold 20 to uh, 22 individuals at any stage of the customer journey at one point in time. You know, unlike the spas that need a one-to-one -one customer to staff ratio mm -hmm. or a restaurant that needs more and more waiters as you, as you grow, as you see people, we still only need one or two people, you know, doing retail, checking folks in, and, and cleaning. Um, and so we're very fortunate to benefit from an ultra-low staff need, which is why we, we view our staff, you know, we, we pay them higher, and, um, and we treat them as, as fellow founders of our company. Um, it's another thing that we look for in our staff is that they're all entrepreneurs at heart. Um, I don't want someone who, you know, sees a problem and then just tells the manager about it. I want someone who's, you know, a new hire who sees a problem, comes up with their own solution, puts a feedback loop into it, tries it out, and then comes back to the manager and says, I tried this, it failed, this is why it failed, what do you think we should do, right? That's the person that we're looking for. And um, when you start recruiting that caliber and class of employee, mm -hmm. you find that they're available. And, and this might, this probably might make sense. I'm going to put it out to the universe for you, Ty. But 
in your next units <laughs> coming out, your, your, your next locations, I'm sure, not I'm sure, I should take that back. You're probably going to have different equipment in there depending on um, the need for folks. Or is it just, or is it just like uh, opening up a restaurant? You know, some people might not want the burger or they do want a burger. Um, you know, what does that look like in terms of just like kind of, again, continuing to iterate? Because no one airport obviously is the same, but no one's passenger originating from an airport is going to be the same. And they'll all have different needs. I can't imagine that like you're all going to have um, the same type of equipment everywhere or same offerings everywhere. You got to vary it a little bit. Correct. There will be variation and that will be due in part due to the airport and the demographics and the type of passenger traveling through that airport. But a lot of it's also based off of the size, you know, what is our footprint? Um, we, um, I can talk about two specific examples here. We, um, we have won a, a bid in San Francisco in terminal two that we're doing a joint deal with, with express on, but it's a much smaller space. So we're going to have some fewer items and we've had to figure out, you know, which are going to be our core components in there and which ones do we have to, you know, are going to get the chopping block just to make it all fit. Um, we also then submitted another bid um, that uh, that is at airport X, Y, and Z. You know, I'm not sure if I can mention which one. It sure. Is. No, no, we don't, don't worry. Another bid somewhere um, that is three times the size and that one's got saunas in it. You know, it's got infrared saunas and it has some more uh, strength related equipment. We know that we're going to have, um, if we win that bid, that we'll have more flight crews and more um, gate agents in there. So we want to beef up the strength side to it. Um, so, so we'll change it around as needed. And once again, kind of what the customer is looking for in that other one that I was talking about, this other bid, we also included sleep rooms. Um, that was something the airport wanted and something that we noticed, um, could be added in addition to, to what we need. Now we get to double utilize those rooms, um, in, in terms of other services that we're providing. So they're not wasted, uh, just as a sleep room. Um, we're able to capitalize some efficiencies there. So you mentioned your um, SFO uh, location uh, with Express Spa. I, actually, that was going to be something I was going to ask. I mean, did you, uh, um, so it seems that the spas are almost like a natural pairing for you to, if you were to jointly bid or at least have an adjacency to uh, when, when airports or even you could be looking at these opportunities. So um, they're, they're similar in that we're both sort of destination services. Um, we don't have a whole lot of overlap from a customer perspective. Maybe 10% of our users are the same. Um, someone who has worked out and then they want to get a massage or someone who's gotten a, a full body massage and they want to shower, um, right? We're able to, to provide both of those services in in a um, hyper-close location. And so there's an advantage there. Um, but, but otherwise, it's not like we're cannibalizing one another, but we are both attracting that passenger who's got some time on their hands mm-hmm. and they're not looking just to, to you know, drink alcohol and eat fried food. They're wanting something that's, that's a little bit different and a little bit healthier. Um, and so certainly there, there's a reason for us to partner there. Um, but we also worked with Expressba for a variety of reasons. One, they're a great partner. Um, they've helped us um, along the way with some, some bidding processes. We've helped them. We're actually an ACDBE certified company. I'm not the, you know, my title is president, but my co-founder, uh, Cynthia, is our CEO. Um, and she's the, the majority owner of the company. 
And so we were able to help them with, with that component of it. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, some of the challenges that we have as new services, innovative services coming into airports and airports keeping their traditional terms and structure in place, kind of limiting innovation is one of the things airports have a lot is a minimum number of years of experience operating in an airport or in a minimum amount of revenue that you've generated over those years. And if you're a brand new company like Rome or Game, Gameway, GameStop, um, Gameway, they, they don't have that experience because they're a brand new company. And so they get immediately disqualified from bidding on on any service, on any RFP that would open up. And so by partnering with a spa, that helps us kind of overcome that. But we can only do that in so many locations. But is that, and again, this is just my, for my own notification, is that though, despite being an emerging company in, in, in a really young category, like, uh, you know, uh, gyms, I mean, Again, if it was, if it's one thing if it was, let's say, a fast casual Mexican and you didn't have the experience in that, you know, that's fine. But this is, but that's not anything new. QSR is not new, but this category is. So it's almost like, uh, of course, there's not going to be anyone who has five years or whatever experience because really no one's been in here for five years. It's a big conundrum that we're up against. You know, not only us as gyms, but any new service that's out there. Yeah. An airport is saying, and understandably so, right, saying we want you to have a minimum of five years experience. That makes sense that they're asking for that, right? It's lowering the risk and, and it's part of, you know, the, the greater structure that that, um, that airport has set up for their concessions program. But it certainly puts a challenge on bringing in new innovative companies that are bringing these great ideas um, to market. They don't have that experience because it's never existed. If you say you need five years of experience running a, uh, an airport company or a, a company within an airport and it's a new service, good luck finding someone who can meet both of those standards. It, it certainly is a challenge that we're up against. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you probably, um, I don't know if you travel abroad or not, but I'm sure there are services similar to yours that are abroad. So it, I guess it's maybe having some, us having a little more visibility on those op opportunities, I guess. Uh, yeah, absolutely. If you travel abroad, you'll see that um, airports like Beijing or Shanghai or, or Qatar um, um, are, or Dubai, I mean, they're, they're, very different in their layout and they do have services like gyms uh, like game rooms like um child care and nanny services i mean it's impressive to see what they've got and and in my mind that's due to the different terms and structures that those airports have set up that, that allow that innovation to come on in so aside from uh, i think you touched on this a little bit earlier when you were first conceiving of the concept um and you already mentioned that depending on the user base for each location, obviously that would have you, um, I guess, differentiate the types of equipment, et cetera, in there. But do you see yourself then including, I'll make it up, like a, a juice bar or a retail uh, component? So we already have those those tangential uh, components incorporated into Rome in our, in our first location. So as I mentioned, we have this, this complimentary rental program through Lululemon and Brooks Running, but we also sell it. We're actually the only authorized retailer of Lululemon in an airport, um, and, and we love being able to provide that to our passengers who've fallen in love with the, the clothes they just wore and then they want to walk off with them. 
Um, we also provide retail with, once again, related to health and wellness services. We don't want to just be selling any old thing. It's, it's new age stuff. We've got uh, CBD products. We've got um, blender bottles. We've got um, uh, water bottles in there. So, so stuff that's geared towards the, the new age traveler. Um, and the same goes with food and beverage. We've got prepackaged items, um, uh, new style varieties of kombucha and uh, protein shakes, um, you know, not not the, the normal services that you see, but certainly food and beverage and retail. Yeah, things that complement, obviously, that the experience and the lifestyle, essentially. Yeah, exactly. We, we know that um, the consumer, the passenger is still going to want those things when they go through an airport, which is why retail and food and beverage does so well in an airport. And that also, if we're up against do I eat or do I work out, we're really never going to win that battle. Right. If someone needs to eat, they're going to eat. They don't need to work out for the most part. There's other folks who would who value it differently, but but we're not you know blind to that. We recognize there's that challenge. And so we're trying to say, well, why not both? Can we bring you that healthy food or can we partner with another restaurant in the area that does have a healthy menu and do a delivery service? We don't want to to dilute our core competencies by now getting into food processing or if it was a spot we don't want to do um you know scheduling of masseuses and finding licensed massage therapists that that starts to spread out yeah. our our umbrella of what we need to be good at um and it's much better for us for our customers and for our partners in the airport to partner with with other services that are already there that can provide that yeah it's always great to start with depth and then focus on breath <laughs> right yeah. on those aspects. Um, so Ty, my last question, it's actually a two-parter. Uh, my last question for you would love for you to kind of look forward into uh, two things. What does the landscape look like in this space, meaning airports for a variety of different services? Like we mentioned, uh, Rome, Gameway, Sky Squad, et cetera. What does that future look like? Do you see that other airports are going to be more open to it as the traveling demographic changes? And also then comment on um, Rome's future specifically. The airport, the airport's just a wonderful place. I mean, it's, it's uh, in terms of a business development and business opportunity perspective, it's, it's fascinating. <laughs> um, right, we're, we're always talking, the industry's talking about the death of retail and strip malls being repurposed into apartments or into attraction centers and, and e-commerce taking over. And that's certainly true. But the airport is this like impervious little zone to that where you've got um, a captive audience with high discretionary income and, and the need to um, kind of kill time. Um, in whatever way possible. And there's this unique environment for, for new services, for new components to really exist and thrive in, in the airport world. Um, the challenge is always revenue and, and high cost of operating in, in an airport, rent and labor. And yes. so mm -hmm. that is kind of the big limiting factor that's stopping very new age and, and um, uh, innovative components coming in, but if you're able to make kind of um, you know trade-free or or uh, you know um, uh, economic-free uh, zones like some countries do in certain areas, and do that in an airport uh, for non-traditional services, I think you're going to see a proliferation of very interesting concepts from 
you know, a mini co-working facility um, put in to, to a top golf, um, to a, you know, a bowling alley, to, you know, things that are, are experience-based and really complement the, either the, the business traveler's needs or the leisure traveler's goal to escape from, you know, from the status quo. Um, we always know that security is going to be an issue. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that that's the, the case of uh, the state of the world that we're in. Um, but what that means is that wait times and dwell times at airports are always going to exist. And as airports become bigger um, and, and that traffic gets worse, that um, lead up time to getting onto your airplane is just going to grow and grow and grow. And so we need to find better ways to attract customers to the airport earlier than they're normally getting to it right now. And innovative services are going to be one of those things that, that, that incentivize the traveler to do that. And, and the future for Rome, I guess, looking forward? Future for Rome, we would love to be in, you know, in every major airport um, and, and small airport as well. Um, we work well with both passengers and uh, flight crews and airport um, staff, right? So instead of your airport building out its own employee gym, we can we can provide that for you. So it's it really we can go up and down in size, um, but we want to see a service that's integrated with your hotel stay, right? If you stay at uh, hotel brand XYZ, now it comes included with a you know free use of the Rome Fitness Airport gym. Yeah or that this is included in your health insurance program or in your corporate wellness plan or your company's perks, right? If you're GE, for example, and you have 55,000 employees that your, your employer provides this for you, um, that it's tacked on to your credit card uh, program and that it's, um, you know, a benefit that you get, um, uh, uh, you know, through, through your loyalty service, right? You're a frequent flyer and the airline offers this with you or it's part of your rental car service. Um, you know, there's a thousand and one ways that we can plug into to all of those sectors of the, the traveling person's journey. Um, and we create a great touch point for all of those players in a, in a healthy, you know, outlet. Um, and that, that's what we love doing. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it, and this is, I, I lied, because I, I do have another question for you. <laughs> um, uh, I'm glad you mentioned it at the end, because I was literally typing it as you, um, right before you said it, lo uh, loyal uh, flyers with a certain carrier, or Amex holders, or, or whatever. You know, it, it seems that there are um, several services, and, and some that escape me right at the moment, where they are partnering with services like yours as an extension of their brand. You know, you can use your Amex points or your Delta miles, I don't know, something like that, to access uh, one of the number Rome fitness gyms in the country, that, that kind of thing. So you think that's going to be the next uh, or upcoming steps, if not already? Then? Yeah. And, and we've had conversations with those credit card companies, with those co-working facilities, with those airlines, um, and they're all interested. They get the they get the value of the service we're providing. They also understand kind of the sexiness of the marketing of it, right? A gym is very new and, and turns a lot of heads. Um, and so they want to be involved in that. And they, they know that their users, especially their younger portion of their users of their demographics, are interested in our services. Um, our challenge right now is getting to a critical mass large enough to attract yeah attract that partnership, right? An airline isn't going to work with you when you're just one location because sure. 
at that point, you're still just a mom pop run facility. But when you're a brand that's got five, six of these spots set up, now all of a sudden it's it's worth their while and and it provides that um, that real value that the airline or that the partnering entity wants. And so that's what we're trying to get to, and and we just need to line up the you know the right leases uh, for us to go into to make that happen. Well, Ty, this has been great, and uh, thanks for taking time to speak with me. It was a pleasure chatting with you, Ramon, and, and thanks for having me on.